Welcome to the Remarkable Relationship Show with Mercy Russell, where we find the wonder in your story. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 35 years of experience applying the science of relationship systems to my practice of psychotherapy and leadership consulting. My intuitive skills allow me to bring clarity and vision to your challenges. I hope you will be surprised in the next hour. Good morning. This is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. My goal is to bring a fresh perspective to you on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. In my 40 years of working as a psychotherapist, I have been continually amazed at the ways in which people overcome challenges. I hope to share my experience and insights with you today and to stimulate your thinking. So today I'm in Seattle where my oldest son and my daughter-in-law are packing up their house to move to Vermont. This is one of the most stressful events that families experience. Someday in the future, I will talk about the geography of the multi-generational family, where families members live in relationship to each other, patterns of mobility, and how and when they move, either closer to each other or farther away. This is a topic that has fascinated me since I began to study my own family. However, not today in the midst of moving boxes. <laughs> Today, I want to talk about marital therapy. I'm going to use the example of the celebrity divorce I discussed last month, Wang Li Ham and Li Jing Li. I will review the timeline of the couple's relationship through the divorce proceedings. Then I will describe how I would analyze the strengths and challenges in the relationship between Mr. Ham and Ms. And Ms. Jing Li. This assessment includes what is known about their families of origin. I use a celebrity relationship because I have no relationship with either spouse, their family members, or any of their therapists. The facts I present are grounded in broad public knowledge. My goal is to offer a calm and balanced perspective on the life of this family. In my practice, I aim to be as neutral as possible, both in my thoughts and interactions with the couple. I have, I, the importance of this is how our interconnectedness, and I think many members of my audience will understand and know that even the smallest, um, most insignificant event can have far-reaching effects. Um, and because of this, I'm very conscientious about what I say, especially what I speak into a public arena about another. I've chosen a couple that's unknown to me who are celebrities in another country and culture. The, the there's enough information about the couple um, and because of their divorce was, a, was a, 
let me say, sort of a social media event. There is a certain quality of information from that. Um, there's information about their families because of the celebrity. So uh, there's enough information for me to begin to think about how this couple has functioned and what might, be, what might have been useful to them. Now, um, I've chosen a couple unknown to me because it gives me a greater neutrality. And, and the, the fact that they're celebrities makes the information available, but they're also from another country and culture. And I just want to acknowledge that there are also, I think there's sometimes there's translation from people who come from other parts of the world that's important to just be aware of. I don't think it has a big impact on how I think and on the basic principles um, that I use. However, I have had the advantage of learning about this couple through colleagues of mine from that culture. And they have been able to alert me to important values in the community and in the culture that would, could have an impact on the dynamics I'll be discussing. So, um, I will also only be presenting details that I believe are essential to providing an illustration of the principles of marital therapy that guide me as a therapist. There's in this particular case, and often there are many other details that others find interesting and dramatic. And um, uh, they're sometimes on the level of gossip. Um, in this couple, there was what I would call bad behavior was one of the um, features in the divorce that can attract a lot of attention. My um, attitude toward bad behavior is that it's another symptom in the family. Um, I don't think there's anything particular special about one type of bad behavior versus another. In this case, there were accusations of marital infidelities. Um, and this in, in, you know, people can get very reactionary to this. Um, uh, I can think of many other types of bad behavior. Um, and I, my goal is to just stay as neutral about that as possible. It's a feature, it's important, it affects people. Um, but so do many other symptoms, whether they're depression or psychosis or addiction or cancer or, um, you know, a chronic illness. These things always affect people in the, in the family. So that's just how I see bad behavior. Just another um, element that it will affect how things happen in the family and in a couple. So the first thing that I'm going to do is to um, talk a little bit about the history of this relationship, sort of their story. And then, um, and then I'll begin to sort of give you some information about the, what I, how I would get a bigger picture and try to understand this. So Wang Li Hong, um, just to say is, we'll just, uh, I'll get more into his background when I talk about kind of my assessment, but um, he is a sort of celebrated musician um, who was raised in the United States, uh, began his career in college, 
um, during college was picked up by recording labels in, I believe in Taiwan and quickly became a sort of a phenomenon in, um, in, in Asia, in China, in Taiwan and Hong Kong. Uh, very talented musician, very, and very creative. Um, after graduating from college in the United States with honors, he then went to the Berkeley School of Music where he continued his, his education and all along the time continued his, um, his career in, in, in music and developing this very large fan base of millions of fans. So that's his background. When he was 26, he was in Taiwan and he met Li Jing Lui, who was a 16 year old. I don't know more much about that or their circumstances, but they quickly became involved. Um, however, it didn't, it wasn't a, um, what would you say, a committed relationship. My understanding was he was still dating other people. Um, she was 16. And they, when they, they married 10 years later in 2013. And in those 10 years, she left Taiwan, came to the United States, um, went to uh, a prestigious university. I, uh, I think I heard that one person said it, that she went to Princeton University. And then she also then got an MBA at Columbia. So during the 10 years, those 10 years, they were dating off and on. And they were, so they were a couple, he was seeing other people, but it was, um, and, and there were also, I think later they said there were reports that he had, you know, was seen with prostitutes. So during this time, they were developing their relationship. There was a 10 year difference between them she was pursuing her, they were both pursuing their own career goals. And um, they somehow held together through all of that, right? Including the reports of bad behavior. So they married in 2013. And they, at the time of their marriage, <clears throat> Li Jingui was pregnant. And um, their, his family, which we'll get to discuss later, was objected to the marriage. Um, she insisted that the pregnancy was planned, that Wang Li Hom had wanted a child, so that this was not an accidental. Was, and the, she, was, she later said that she was forced to sign prenuptial papers, uh, prenuptial agreement, and, then they, but, but they, and they did marry. Soon after that, they started seeing a therapist. So, you know, one of the questions that I think myself and my, you know, colleagues would raise, well, what, how would you approach marital therapy with a young couple in this situation? Um, and I'm not sure where they were living at that time. I think that would be important. Were they in the United States or was she back in, in Taiwan? Um, so at the time, of their divorce, she was living with her children in Taiwan. So that's, uh, I think that's an interesting question because um, it would also give some idea of her proximity to her family and his proximity to his family. Um, what I also don't have in the timeline is that any significant particular events 
that that I think would be important about the development of his career. My understanding is that when they married, she stayed home, began to stay home with the children. At some point in their marriage, he uh, wanted her more involved in his business. His mother had been running his business, uh, really with a very tight rope, you might say. Um, he was, you know, given an allowance of money to spend. He was, even though he was generating wealth, he was not really able to make decisions about that. And he wanted his wife more involved um, at, at a particular point in the marriage. Um, I think in the end, that did not go very well, particularly, um, I think that the, the indications are that the mother was also still quite involved and wanted to stay involved. So um, <clears throat> to before the, the reports are that um, Wong Li Ham asked for a divorce um, two years after they had started, after they were married. And at that time, Li Jinghui then became pregnant with their second child. And that event, as is common, um, sort of put off any talk of divorce. In August of 2019, so this is six years after they married, they separated. And during this time, paparazzi had, you know, published pictures of him with other women. Um, so they separated five years and eight months after they married. And in December, so three months or four months later, during that time, they were negotiating terms of the settlement. Uh, and, and Wang's family um, insisted that uh, Li Jinghui leave the, proper, the, the property that had been the marital property, as she had agreed to before the marriage. And on December 15th, Wang announced his divorce to his fans over social media. Now, Wang had developed an image as a clean family man, husband and family man, as part of his um, sort of celebrity image. So <clears throat> announcing the divorce over social media was, um, was sort of was a shock to his fans. Um, Two days later, Li Jinghui wrote a 5,000 word letter on social media in which she made really brutal accusations of her husband, accused him of infidelity, soliciting prostitutes. And she also disparaged his family, describing them as suspicious, bullying, abusive, and you know, being what she called cold violence toward her. Um, and then over the on, on the ensuing like three days, there were just there was a volley of social media back and forth between Li Jinghui, Wang, his and his father, who entered the fray to defend his son, um, and accusing his daughter-in-law of coercing Wang Li Ham into the marriage. This all in public on social media, this what we call dirty laundry is put out there. And, but Li Jing Lui quite deftly replied to her father's accusations 
the general um, public response was uh, more favorable, favorable toward her than toward Wang Liham and his family. Um, he was, Kim Wong was considered weak the, uh, in that his father was the one who came to his defense. Um, he, Wong accused her of um, being mentally unstable. This went back and forth. Okay. Uh, over a period of, let's see, gee, uh, over a week. Um, in, and then in the course of that week, Wong apologized on social media, said he was going to quit the entertainment business for the time being, would transfer the house to her and pay for the, pay the support for the children. Um, and then she backed down and said she wouldn't sue him. And then she explained why she had taken this public because she wanted to, uh, you know, sort of force Wong Lee Hom to act in a more honorable way. Um, so this all transpired um, at the end of 2021. Um, so, you know, the, as you can imagine, the kind of the, the talk still goes back and forth about this. So that is a brief outline of the events in this marriage. Um, I'm, it's now time for a break. This is Mercy Russell of the Remarkable Relationship show today I'm talking about marital therapy in the context of a um, celebrity marriage um, and, um, uh, a, and, a, and a lot of drama. We'll be back after the break. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Good morning, this is Mercy Russell of the Remarkable Relationship Show. Today I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about marital therapy. Um, and I'm talking about it in the context of the story of Wang Li Hom and Li Jing Lui. Um, this, these are a celebrity couple from, um, who are celebrities in China in Taiwan and in Hong Kong, um, whose divorce has been sort of splayed all over social media. And I've been talking about this today in order to um, demonstrate some of the ways that I think about marital therapy. Um, so I just gave a timeline of the history of the relationship between um, Wang Li Ham and Li Jing Lui, and then the events around their divorce. So now I'm going to just start to just sort of talk out loud about the way that I would think about beginning to understand what has happened with this couple as if I were going to work with them or as if they were consulting with me. Um, now, at different points in their relationship, they did consult therapists, 
I think they went as a couple. Um, I suspect that during the, after the separation and um, since then that they may have seen individual therapists. They might have seen individual therapists in the course of their marriage. This is not uncommon either. Uh, I have no, fortunately, we have no facts about that other than that Li Jingui has talked about how a therapist diagnosed her husband, right? That alone tells you that there's, in a sense, um, a lack of neutrality, right? That, and you know, she's using this as a public weapon, but I think it's just important to say that when a therapist tells one member of a couple what's wrong with the other one, that there's some neutrality lost there. Um, and I, I find, I think neutrality is really one of the greatest gifts that a, a therapist can, can bring to a couple or to a situation. Um, and as I, I think mentioned before, it's particularly important and more challenging often for the therapist when one, the, one of the problems in the marriage is what I call bad behavior, right? When one person is symptomatic because it, in, it, in, in, well, it brings up a lot of sort of moral indignation. Now, if um, uh, Wang Li Ham had contracted you know, also, you know, uh, ALS or a cancer or had had a horrible disfiguring accident, that kind of thing, had had a, something physical or, you know, had a severe depression, um, there would, these kinds of symptoms would have similar, very important effects on the marriage, but would not be, um, would be it would be easier to be neutral about them to not judge a person on the basis of them um so that's my goal with bad behavior <laughs> at any rate um so now what i'm going to talk about is just sort of how i would begin to think about working with a couple so the question i would I really come with is how can my knowledge and use of a systems view provide a ballast or a balancing or a grounding to a family? Um, that's really my goal. And my initial way of thinking about, I think, a situation is really important because that's what's going to guide what I'm going to say, who I'm going to be with that couple. Um, I, I think contrary to many mainstream therapists, certainly do my best to maintain rapport and to communicate effectively to the different people that I work with. And that requires, you know, different language, different strategies, however, I think it's the way that I think the theoretical basis and my awareness of it gives me, um, gives me something to stand on when I'm working with a couple. So rather than be guided by what they say they want, right? I can relate to them on the basis of what I know. They can take it or leave it, right? 
But what I know from my own experience and my own observations and the experience of others, what I know to be helpful. So again, we're, you know, we generally uh, maintain a high degree of confidentiality in this situation. Um, just, to, I, you know, I think it's really important. I would be with a, with a, with a celebrity couple, very conscientious, of course, of confidentiality because of the impact that the, that the couple is already experiencing with this broad pot, with this very close popular eye, with people paying attention to them and developing opinions about them, never mind expressing them on social media. And this is the basic principle here is that one of the, I think the driving forces in when, couples are having problems in their relationships is anxiety, both the anxiety they're feeling and experiencing, and then deep, more what I would call chronic anxiety or more deep-seated anxieties that come down through generations in the family. Another factor is anxiety that's in the culture, right? And so this is, and the anxiety travels very quickly through human groups. And it can take different forms. Get the helpfulness, concern, admiration, and encouragement can all bring a ziz to a relationship. Um, so it's fairly important to be aware of what you're bringing and when you discuss someone else's situation. So many details will be admitted, will be, will be left out, except for those that are really pertinent to the assessment. When there's been a critical event in the family, the intensity of the emotional reaction to that event, whether it's a birth, a death, a divorce, um, uh, a public crisis, a bankruptcy, the amount, the strength of the emotional reaction or the storm is governed by how well integrated the family is at the time or by how important that person is in the family. So that's, I think it, it's important to note that the same event can happen in two families and, and one can be a tidal wave and the other one can be just sort of an episode of stormy weather, right? And the kind of events that can upset a family and that I would start to look at if I were, you know, if I had the opportunity to take a deeper view of this marriage. Events which can disturb the equilibrium are the birth of a child. Um, and that each child, the birth of, of each child can bring its own um, wobble, you might say, in the families, and sometimes positive and sometimes upsetting. Even a positive birth can disturb the equilibrium, right? So it may, the event itself can be positive, but the lack of balance is what can get upset. That's why it's important to look at these events, regardless of whether they're considered positive or negative. So what you might call physical changes in the family, a child leaves home for education or work or marriage. Again, these can be accomplishments on the part of the child, but it can change very much the balance of how people are relating to each other. Likewise, the death of a significant family member, even if that person is 
you know, 105, right? <laughs> the, so that it's not a tragic death, but it's an, a, an expected death after a long lived life when that when a person, a significant member, you know, leaves the family through death, that can upset the balance. Um, losses of important functions, someone becomes disabled or retires. We often see, you know, marriages that uh, kind of go into some kind of crisis around retirement. And then when there's, when, when a member is either a leader in the family or maybe a very lighthearted person that always sort of calms everybody down and that person that that child goes to college right and um and the family has lost something that you know kind of keeps things even on an even keel when there are deaths in the family there can be an emotional there can be an emotional what we call a shock wave that can that can ripple through the family the death of an import of a particular the older brother of a father who is an important person in the family can affect a niece or a nephew. Those shock waves can go through. So that's why the timelines of all these events in the multi-generational family are really important because you can sometimes see the pairing of problems in one part of the family that are actually linked to things that happen in another part of the family. And usually what happens in this case is it's not seen right? Until you actually take this bigger bird's eye view. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense that, um, that, the, um, that the death of an uncle I barely knew could, you know, impact my marriage. It doesn't, it doesn't really make sense to me. Or that um, my, the fact that my sister all of a sudden becomes, um, uh, you know, um, becomes elected into an important office. That's very, everyone's very proud of her. It's a very happy thing for the family, but can it, it can upset the balance, right? How could that be then related to, you know, um, uh, you know, her child's um, uh, drop in grades, even though, it, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can, you know, sort of try to see a direct effect, but often it's an indirect effect and it's invisible to the family. So what do I look at when I, I'm, I'm going to show you a family diagram that I use, but in the course of building that family diagram, I'm collecting the kinds of facts that will begin to give me a picture of it, sort of how well integrated this, how stable this family is, how well built is the house of this family, how strong is the foundation, how strong are the joists, how how um, tight are the windows? That's how I think about it. So there, I would look at births, death, the dates of births, deaths, marriages, separations, and divorces. I would look at how many there are, where they are in the family, when they ha happened. Same with any deaths. I would look at deaths that are considered natural or those that are premature or accidental. Um, and I would look at um, if there's an unanticipated death, was there something that preceded that? Um, if I'm looking at 
a couple who's coming in for marital therapy, I'd want to look at other marriages in the, ther in the family. For example, over the course of generations, you know, the kinds of marriages and among aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins, how long were the marriages? How many separations or divorces? Um, and, you know, on what, on, in what part of the family, right? In the mother's family, in my mother's family or my father's family, in the mother's or the father's. Um, and then if there are divorces, what kind of contact, what was the nature of that divorce? What is the contact with former spouses in that divorce? So I'd be looking at the, the quality of other marital relationships based on facts that could be documented, not on so much the emotional content of it, but just facts of the stability. And then when there's an unanticipated death, were there other things that happened in the family? Cutoffs, a child disappears or decides they don't want to talk to their, their family anymore or their parents. And this happens sometimes, you know, that people will just kind of cut off for five years, maybe not permanently, but they'll be, that can be very upsetting in the family. Or they move to another country, right? And they're, but they don't stay in touch. Um, divorces and illness. So that's another thing that's important to look at is episodes of illness in other parts of the family. And then when there are symptoms that come up in a family, again, I, because of this idea that anxiety travels through the family, that there is, it can be a shock wave. I look at this, not just in the couple coming to me, but I'd be talking to them about these events in their broader family. This can be very challenging for a couple, for members of a couple to think that their difficulty um, in their sex life with their spouse has any relationship to Uncle John and, you know, uh, his diagnosis of cancer, right? <laughs> but when you look at the timeline, you can see a, sometimes a real almost precise pairing of some of these, of, of an event such as that. So just... With that in mind, I would want to look at the kinds of symptoms that come up in a family and, and how do they progress over time? Because some symptoms will come up and they'll chronic. They are there for a lifetime, right? Someone gets a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis and, the, and they have symptoms of, you know, uh, that go along with that, that, that disease. Um, and then there are others that where the symptoms might come and go. Um, there might be accidental physical events um, and that has a different nature than something that is a chronic illness or something like cancer that comes is treated and, you know, then recedes into remission. There are social, there are also social symptoms, addictions, legal, financial problems. Look at those. How did those, you know, were they resolved or did they continue? Same with emotional symptoms, depression, anxiety, psychosis. So that's the beginning of how I would begin to look at the assessment of the functions in the family. And I'll return with that after the break. This is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. Hi. 
Tune in to my new show, The Remarkable Relationship Show, with me, Mercy Russell. I bring a fresh perspective on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. And you can visit my website at leadershipwithmercy.com. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Good morning. This is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. Today, I'm in, I just want to mention again that I'm in my son's home in Seattle. He's preparing to move across the country with his family. And I'm here. I'm actually recording this session. Um, my family's waking up. <laughs> so you may hear some movement around um, with his uh, uh, young daughter and his wife. So anyway, I'm continuing today to talk about the, I really wanted to talk about marital therapy and how I would approach it and some of the assumptions that I would make. Um, again, this is just one approach to marital therapy. There are many valid, useful uh, ways in which therapists can help couples who are struggling in their marriages. And this is just a, sort of a different view and the way that I would work. Um, so I've just been discussed, I discussed the timeline of the marriage. We're talking about Wang Li Ham and Li Jing Wei. I spoke at them about them in a private in a previous um, episode. Their uh, Wang Li Ham has been a, a celebrity with a huge musical and entertainment career, acting career in China, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. Uh, he and his wife had a um, uh, a divorce at the end of 2021 that was splashed all over social media in which there were many accusations of bad behavior. And that's what we're talking about today. Um, they, they saw therapists throughout their marriage. And um, uh, so part of the question is, you know, how would you think about this kind of situation if you were, if, how would I think about it as a marital therapist? So, um, Anyway, so I'm going to continue now. So I've just been talking about sort of the kinds of variables I would look at in the multi-generational family. But now I'm going to share with you, I'm going to share my screen, and I'm going to show you a family diagram. This is what I call my tea leaves. And this is the kind of information about this family that I would find important and useful. So... When I work with a couple, either a couple or either individual in the, from this couple who are coming in with concern about their marriage, I would build uh, this picture of the family uh, over the first few sessions. I would collect the kinds of facts I was just talking about. Um, I would put them as notes in the diagram to give me an idea of the um, of the timeline, the, this diagram you're watching, basically it actually comes from a family diagram app that was developed by Patrick Stinson. And that's S-T-I-N-S-O-N. Um, and in this, he has a feature in which you can build a timeline. And that's for, you know, of all these events. And you can see if there are events that are clustered visually, you can see that. So this, because this is an important way of thinking 
from, from a systems perspective. So just briefly for this particular family to talk a little bit more about what the dynamics are and what the issues are and how I think about them. The, at the very bottom, are there, there's a circle and a square that's a double circle and a double square, and that's Wang Li Hom and his wife. And what you can see is we have a lot more information about Wang Li Hom than we do about Li Jing Lui and her family. That alone tells you a lot, right? Just that the information, that his family information is so available in many ways because of their own accomplishments and their position in society. Li Jing Li's family, all we have is information about her parents. Um, does that mean her family doesn't have social status? No, but it is not talked about, obviously. So just this alone tells you where the sort of where the heavy, who the heavy is in the family. And Wang Li Ham's family, I would say, um, not only has a has you know, we can see the details of the effect on him, but you can also see that it was probably a feature in the marriage, the importance of his family and the weight of it versus hers. Um, and this would be, and when I, if I'm coaching a couple, I would have them look at that and begin to think about how they could relate to, the, to that family in a different way, to be the kind of people that they want to be, to have the marriage they want. I would be talking to Lee about how she relates to this family, where she could find people who she could talk to, who she could have a, a kind of a calm relationship with, um, how she could develop um, uh, communication with the important people in the family. Likewise, I would have him talk about how he relates to her family and to her, and to her parents and to the people who are important in her life, right? And remember, he met her when he was 16. So these people were in her life. He knows them. How is he relating to them, right? These are, I think, really important features in terms of how a couple can stabilize itself, particularly in the view of in this public eye. So, um, but I just want to mention a few details about Wang Li Hum. So if you look at the very top row, you'll see um, it's actually above him, you see his father, that square is a male and round is female, right? This is just part of our code, my little, you know, ways that we signify this doesn't mean anything in particular. But the square, um, so you can see that 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 important person in the top row is in his father's family, right? Well, that was a grandfather. One of the important feature events in families are immigrations. When a family, well, I say crosses the ocean, right? Not only moves maybe to a different part of the country, but moves from one country to another. And, and part of what you look at is what motivated that. Sometimes and very often, it's not a calm move. It's done because of the of needs, of uh, the need for to find a better life. It's because one has to leave. In this case, um, Wang Liham's grandfather had been part of the uh, Cultural Revolution in China, but was a member of the Chinese National Party, which was in a sense uh, a lost in the competition for dominance 
to the communist China, to the China Communist Party, Chinese Communist Party. And as a result, as an as a important person in that Chinese Nationalist Party, he had to leave the country. So he left China and went to Taiwan. So in a, it wasn't a formal exile, but it certainly had the punch of that. And the, so this family leaves a country in which they have a lot of social status and they enter a new country. Now, they, if you look at the details, you'll see that this family has many professionals in it and a, a very accomplished people. There are people there who aren't accomplished. We don't have so much information about them, but what we know is that there's a quite a bit of family pride uh, the other thing, Wang Li Ham's parents themselves emigrated from Taiwan to the United States as young professionals to advance their careers. And Wang Li Ham was raised in the United States. So even though he's a celebrity in, in China and in Asia, he, is, he was raised as an American and he's not known in America. So this gives you quite a bit of information about just what this couple is up, is, is up against. And what you can see is that there are uh, these very positive events, these immigrations that brought safety to the family, that the, his parents came here to advance their careers and were successful in it. Their children were well-educated at fine educational institutions in the United States. This all sounds very good, but underlying it, there is there is a natural anxiety in this type of movement, even if the events are positive and are desired by the participants. There's a disruption in the balance of the family when, these, when this whole family leaves um, in one country for another. Um, and that way we see that with Li Jinglui, right? She grew up in China and then she moved to the United States where she was educated on her own. I mean, we, she's not, as far as we know, she's not coming from a family that's supporting her in all of this. And then after she marries, she returns to Taiwan. And then what did that, that grounding in Taiwan, was that positive for her? Was that another strain? Who was her support there? That's what you, the kinds of things you would want to start to think about. So at any rate, this diagram, again, I call it my tea leaves, and I'm going to um, just go back and talk a little bit more about how, how would you think about what a couple like this could gain from therapy. Um, so the important thing, there's some assumptions that I would make. One is that that there are unusual aspects of this family experience, right? Because of the celebrity nature of the, of the husband. That's had an impact on his family. And it's certainly always been a feature in the, fam, in the, in the marriage. However, it's so easy to be distracted by those special features and overlook that there are very basic principles of emotional process in the family that are at work in any family. And that these kind of special or glittery or gossipy events are simply facts in the family. They aren't, they don't in the, in terms of 
what actually is emotionally happening between people. They are details, but they're not essential to the basic principles. So when there's this, so the, I would say that there was an extreme event in that not only was this, did this couple divorce after 20 years of being in relationship, but they blasted it in a very inflammatory way over social media. That in itself, I would say, is the really critical event here, is that the way this marriage dissolved involved one member making a decision to air all the dirty laundry in public and social opinion then impacted the family members and what they did. So one way of thinking about this is that, okay, the wife made this decision and then she caused all of this reaction. But another way of thinking about it is both her immediate decision, what happened in the week, the week or two following that in the volley of exchanges between her and Wang Liham and his family, that, the, that in a way, a lot of that is predictable by pre-existing patterns in the family. Now, the longer term outcome of this, both for this couple and their children, can also be somewhat predicted by patterns of family resiliency in prior generations and their ability to adapt, right, to extreme events. So we don't, I don't know about Lee's family. So I, it was not so easy to know how she will fare. Will she maintain this public image? She's become quite well known. There's, you know, team, I think there's team Lee and team Wong, right? <laughs> like we had with, you know, our American drama of Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. But so she now has a public presence that's much more prominent in a way than what she had before. So how will that bear out over time? Well, we, if I were working with her or if I were working with Wong, I could make some predictions. There's a, you can see the resiliency and adaptability in his family. Um, even though some of their behavior was, there was met with quite a bit of disapproval, the likelihood is he's going to be okay. Will his children be okay? Now, one, another assumption is that one significant family member can keep that boat afloat. Now, it might be the mother. It might be Wong's mother, right? Or could, up, could, up, could, keep, the, could, could, could keep the boat, you know, tipping. So um, it could be a member of the couple. It could be somebody else in the family who, with the, with the right um, guidance, could could help to settle the water, so to speak. These critical events often turn out to be really rich opportunities for individuals to make decisions for themselves in a way that can really improve their relationships with the family over time. Um, sometimes it's harder when things are very calm to actually make a difference or to get the attention of the emotional system and of the family. However, these times, I think with a long-term view in mind and good principles for moving forward, 
can lead to greater tolerance for expression of individual thoughts and emotions by all family members. And um, my, when if a couple comes to me like this, I'm thinking about how vulnerable is this family to symptoms in the future in the shock wave of this particular event. So this explosion into social media with all these accusations and this public fighting, what kind of impact will that have on the children over time, right? Will there be a shock wave and the, um, that will produce problems or symptoms later on? And it can be symptoms, it can be uh, emotional cutoff, um, what's history in the family about with open communication about difficult topics? Um, how much fluctuation has there been in prior you know, functioning of individuals? We don't have much information about that, you know, between the brothers and the sisters, you know, how did they fare? That's why you need this very careful family history of events. And the fundamental question is who is the natural leader? And I really believe that the natural leader can, can really provide the, the greatest balance. So the important thing about systems theory is that it will function, it'll keep the focus on the stability of the large family over time in the context of this upsetting event. So, um, you can work with individuals to sort of find their best course through the through not only what happened, but then when things settle down, how things are going to play out over time. Uh, and then you look at relationships in the multi-generational as a potential resource, right? So um, not just a cause of problems, but who in that family can be a resource. For example, Wang Li Ham has a close relationship with his younger brother. Can that younger brother and his family provide Wang Li Ham with a more balanced, calm, uh, safe haven to kind of recover and regroup from not only what's happened in his marriage, but the explosion in social media? Um, and so I. You know, I think that I've probably said enough. That's really how I would begin to think about what I would, um, what I could offer a family who's going through an intense situation. Um, this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show, and I have, you know, used this hour to talk more about. Um, marriage and marital therapy in a dramatic situation and i've been using the celebrity divorce of wang li Hong and li jing lui um, to illustrate the kinds of principles that would guide a systems view it's one way of looking at marriages it's one way of looking at families um, it's my way i welcome any questions or comments this is um, and you may reach me at mercyburtonrussell at gmail.com. Um, I look forward to any questions or comments, and I'll be back next week.